Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coach That Conversation. Lynn East, the superintendent of schools from the Gulfport School System. You know, I'm always inspired to to have this opportunity to to, to meet with educators. They they have so much that they had to get their arms around at the beginning of the pandemic. They already were very innovative, just in general. So whether it's uh you know Mary Graham at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College or whether it's Glenn East or any number of other leaders here in coastal Mississippi, the work that they've done over the past year is is, is truly extraordinary. And to think that Glenn was coming from graduation when he joined me for the show, and uh, you know that's kind of a kind of a pinnacle moment if you think about it for that last class of the Gulfport High. You know, having to do their last year in the pandemic, they'll, they'll be bonded together with each other and with their instructors in ways they probably don't fully appreciate now. You know, that 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 last year of school, that pandemic year, unbelievable. But we're really fortunate in coastal Mississippi to have such amazing leaders. Um, so let's uh, turn to my friend uh, uh, Jeff Duncan from The Athletic. And also, Kyle, can you join us? you got a window set up so you can join us as well. I'll, I'll, there, There's my buddy Kyle. How you doing, Kyle? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, you know, we've talked about Kyle doing voice at the uh, Superdome during Saints game, but he also does Shuckers games. And someone asked me the other day, actually, it's Paul Gallo. I was on Paul Gallo's show, and he said, how's it going with at, at Shuckers? And I said, based on what I see, the pictures that people are posting, it looks like things are going well. But what's your read on things, Kyle, over there? Yeah, I would pretty much echo that. The uh, attendance has been up from what I've seen for the first uh, homestand, which was, what, two weeks ago for six games, and then we just started another six-game homestand. And so far, the crowd has been it's been above average, um, you know, because it kind of planes out during the season. But I would say for the first two weeks that attendance is uh, looking pretty good so far. Well, all that pent-up demand, man. You know, Jeff, you're hearing about it in New Orleans as they start to think about going back to the Superdome next year and all the decisions they're going to be making around that. But people want to go sit down and watch sports games, don't they? Yeah, I just think people want to get out, right? They want to get out of the house. I see it over here in New Orleans, uh, spending time down the French Quarter. Way bigger crowds down there the last few weekends when I've been out and about. And uh, certainly, as I mentioned to you off air, was just over in Ocean Springs earlier this week and saw bigger crowds out on the beach there than I've seen in the past. So I think people are just uh, been pent up too long. And really, I think now that it's becoming safer for everyone involved, their health, uh, people more comfortable, uh, we're seeing the results of that because it's kind of getting back to normal a little bit. Yeah, I saw an interesting uh, story, and stay with us for a second, Kyle, about pent-up demand, about world travel, people wanting to go to to watch, uh, you know, various country music and other acts, you know, getting back to live live venues again. But but there was a there was a great story recently about Air, Airbnb and Airbnb around the world. You know, like 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 bookings are up like thirteen percent compared to before the pandemic and they didn't have nearly enough inventory to satisfy the the need but i think we're going to see this play out in so many different ways as we as this thing is unleashed you you mentioned as you went to ocean springs how many people were on the beach and you just feel life coming back don't you 
Yeah, and I tell you, that good news this week about the Saints games, going to have uh, 100% uh, capacity and attendance. That's welcome news, I know, for all kinds of fans. I mean, we've got Jazz Fest coming up here in the fall as well. Uh, yeah, I think people just want to get back to normal life. It's been a long, long road here to get back to that. And I think as we see uh, you know, the vaccination rates going up, People are becoming more comfortable. I know in the restaurant scene here in New Orleans, Ricky, uh, Kyle, I mean, when I go out uh, talking to some of the people at the restaurants, they say they're seeing some of their regular customers uh, for the first time in over a year. So I think that's a good sign. People are feeling more comfortable to go out and people that were maybe in hibernation uh, for good sound reasons for a year now are getting back out. Cal, Cal, what are you hearing when you're out and about? What are you hearing? It, it's the same thing. Restaurants, you know, we, we went out to eat twice this past weekend. Wife had some friends in town and, you know, the weights are, they're well worth it, but there's always a wait because there's, you know, just an abundance of people going out. And, you know, the one thing that really helps it along is, you know, it just complete coincidence, but the weather right now is completely, it's great to be able to go out and just be outside and not totally be suffocated with humidity. I think the weather plays a tremendous role in it, especially for, you know, the shucker's sake for attendance at baseball games. It's absolutely great weather to go sit and watch a baseball game. And if you're going to any of the restaurants or any of the attractions along the beach or even up in crossroads, it's been great. Yeah, the opportunity to eat outside. I mean, look, you don't get that chance too often this time of year in New Orleans, do you, buddy? No, and I'll tell you, the other thing I've noticed, hardly any bugs. You know, like <laughs> usually we're getting bombarded with gnats and mosquitoes. Uh, I think because, you know, for whatever reason, it's just not there. And that's always a factor in eating outside. I mean, let's face it, we live in a subtropical environment bugs are, are part of our lives, but I've noticed that the last few nights, and you, you made a great point, Kyle, the weather, it almost feels room temperature. When you're outside, you feel like you're in your house because uh, it's not too hot, it's not too cold, it's just kind of perfect right now. Wow, wow, wow. Hey, one thing I can absolutely guarantee you, the gnats and mosquitoes are coming. <laughs> They're definitely coming. Enjoy, enjoy the moment while you have it. But you know, listen, we we know how to deal with that. We we uh, you know, we're used to that, and and we don't let that get in our way. And believe me, that's not going to cause pent up demand to pull back one bit. We're still going to be going after it in a big way. Hey, thank thanks, Cal, for joining us. I appreciate it, buddy. So so you were in Ocean Springs, man. Tell me about that. Yeah, I went over and spent the day uh, just kind of exploring because I've heard so many good things about the community there and was really impressed. I'm really eager to get back. Uh, you know, the whole little the little vibe over there kind of reminded me, the Government Street kind of reminded me a little bit of Magazine Street here in New Orleans. A lot of little shops, cafes, kind of a little bit of a scene there. I'm, I'm eager to see what it's like on the weekends. And the thing I really want to do is I want to come and experience uh, the uh, – Anderson Festival, I think, that's over there. Sounds like it's a really big arts festival, really big thing for the community. So hopefully I can do that in the fall. It doesn't interfere with the Saints game. Uh, it's always difficult sometimes for me to marry up my schedule. But I really want to see more of, of Ocean Springs. People on the beaches, such a neat little community there that I've never really had a chance to, to visit. So I, I really enjoyed it. 
Well, look, let's let's shift gears. There's some there's some news out there currently, and that is that the New York Times Company is kicking tires very seriously. I might add uh, with the Athletic, and you and I've talked about this before. You grew up in newspapers. You're doing a lot of TV work these days, but you're working for the Athletic now, which is a very unique business model. Two guys from California decided they didn't want an advertising based sports internet site. They wanted to do it as a subscription based model, and it had tremendous success in America, hiring up some of the best newspaper talent talent in the country and cities all across the country. And they've moved over into Europe. They have this incredible um, business model that they're that they're deploying. And uh, and now the New York Times company that has is one of the one because of their national and international footprint, because they are also very subscription based. And uh, certainly there's an advertising aspect to what they do. But because of, of their footprint, they've been able to sort of make the transition from print, even though they have a lot of print subscription. Subscribers still, uh, they don't have nearly as many as they used to have. Their digital footprint is just significant, and uh, it could be that the athletic and and the way that it's causing uh, companies like ESPN, for example, to to really sweat. Um, might be a good mix, man. As you and I talked about it, I went back and looked at their financials, looked at their debt load, looked at a lot of their ratios. Man, the New York Times company is in a very unique position now to maybe make a go of this. And what's your read on it? Well, obviously, that's way above my pay grade at The Athletic, but I do think it's indicative and a testament uh, to the fact that The Athletic uh, is what they're doing is what we're doing is working. And it's a testament to what Adam Hansman and Alex Mather have built at The Athletic that the New York Times, a company that established in traditional strong journalistic uh, empire would look at The Athletic and want to acquire The Athletic. To me, that's a very positive sign for what we're doing at The Athletic. And I'm excited about it just because Anybody that grows up in journalism has a, I think, strong respect for the New York Times and what they represent. Uh, so I'm eager to see where it goes. Like I said, I don't know. They Obviously, that level talk doesn't trickle down to my level. But when the news hit this week, uh, it certainly was intriguing. Well, you know, you and I exchanged some notes yesterday. I went back and studied the financials. And then today, I actually just wanted to see what's the buzz out there? What What's the street saying about it? There's a lot of stories about it. And it will be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, my read is that it's a, it's a match that could be, could be a match made in heaven. It'd be interesting to see how they pull this off. New York Times doesn't have a history of making big acquisitions like this work, but, you know, they're in a different place than they used to be. So this this could be a, a really good one. And, and uh, we'll, we'll watch that one together i know you you're like me you're, you're just an observer as well you don't have any inside information on any of this you're reading what you read in the news just like i am hey when we come back we'll uh, we'll continue our conversation with jeff duncan from the athletic we'll get the latest on the saints and the pelicans wrote something recently about the pelicans and we'll hear what he has to say about that we'll be back after this break This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome to the final segment of Coast View. As we always do on Fridays, we're visiting with my friend Jeff Duncan. He's a columnist and writer for The Athletic, and uh, he's covered the Saints longer than anyone else on earth, and he's just a general sports nut. He knows a lot about horse racing and basketball, and you know, you name it, he sort of brings it to the table. And he loves coastal Mississippi, I might add, even though he lives in New Orleans. Um, just loves this place. Um so let's let's kind of what's the latest you're hearing from the Saints and um, and then we'll talk about the Pelicans after that. Well, they just had their uh, Hall of Fame golf tournament on Monday over here in New Orleans, so we got a chance to visit with Sean Payton, uh, talk to Zach Streif, you know, who's now part of the coaching staff, and uh, Mickey Loomis. Got to see him. So you know, everybody's kind of laying low right now. There's obviously there's off-season activities at the facility. Eighty-seven percent of the team is has been, uh, you know, in participating. The ones that aren't are because of different injuries. So it's a really high participation rate. And Sean Payton could not have been more optimistic about how things are going. Uh, I think they've still got some work to do on the roster. You and I have talked about that. I think they're going to add a few veterans here at various positions, probably cornerback, wide receiver. Uh, but they are bullish in the Saints camp on this team, probably more bullish than people are outside the building. Uh, they think that this team is going to, I think, is getting discounted a little bit nationally because of Drew Brees and some of the offseason moves they've had to make. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see how this thing plays out. It, it's going to be here before you know it, Ricky. I mean, we're 67 days away from the start of training camp. Hey, you know what's interesting? Uh, I've, I actually shared a, a, a quote about this the other day, but sometimes it's okay to operate from a position of being underestimated. Sometimes, you know, there's a lot of unknowns about this team. And as you've written before, even as it related to the draft, so many people didn't get it, but the Saints administration got it, and they understand the role that these players are going to play, and they don't feel like they've, you know, fallen back in any way, that they've, they're they amassing together some talent, even with all the salary cap issues they had, that might be a winner. And it's good to hear them being positive about that. You don't think it's false positivity. You really, you really see building momentum around that. Well, I think there's just more talent there than, I mean, people forget. I mean, this team's got eight pro bowlers and all pro players still on the roster. That's a lot. Uh, now, whether that can all come together every year is different. Uh, you know, this they're certainly going to continue to be one of the hunted, even even though uh, people are projecting the Bucks as the favorite. The Saints still have such a high uh, reputation, high profile. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting, though, to see them uh, operating a little bit as underdogs. I think the early Vegas lines on all the games this year, Ricky, the Saints are underdogs six times out of 17. It doesn't seem like a lot, but you have to think about it. In the past, uh, the Saints have been favored in almost every game. I mean, I think most years you get maybe two or three games where they're underdogs at the most. So to have six games where you're not favored to win this early, uh, I think reflects how the team is viewed nationally right now. They're, they're not the juggernaut at least in the nation's eyes that they've, they've been in the past. It'll be interesting to watch. Um, you know, you say that we've had good OTA uh, representation. And, uh, boy, you're reading what's going on in Green, Green Bay these days. It's, it's – um, they're going to have a hard time pulling that team together if they don't – if something doesn't change dramatically. How much how much you focusing on that? Well, it's the opener for the Saints, so there's a lot of interest in – whether Aaron Rodgers is going to be quarterback in the team or what's going to happen. I, I would think they would get that fixed by the time the season starts. It's too important of a situation. I can't imagine that this impasse uh, of personalities 
is not going to get resolved between the general manager and your franchise quarterback. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers uh, feels a little bit uh, excommunicated. They've got to get that solved, and I'll be shocked if he's not quarterbacking. So many AWOLs in the early OTAs. It's just incredible to see. Uh, Let's shift gears in a short time we have left. You wrote a great story about the uh, faulty roster construction. It's not the only challenge that the the Pelicans have. What's your read on kind of what they're going to do during the offseason? Well, there's a lot of pressure on David Griffin and Stan Van Gundy to get this team righted in the right direction. I mean, this this is an organizational pressure uh, from ownership on down. I mean, the Pelicans have been listing for about a decade now. They've made two playoff appearances, had two winning seasons in the last decade. There's only four or five teams that have been that poor over that period of time, Ricky. They've got a, they've got this generational talent that's fallen into their lap, and they still can't become one of 10 teams in the Western Conference to make the playoffs it's unacceptable. They know it, so I think there's going to be a lot of moves. I don't think they're done tinkering and changing this roster, and they've got to get it fixed quickly because they've lost a lot of momentum and a lot of confidence in the fan base again. And uh, I know from the top down, it's a top priority uh, to, to kind of restore some of the uh, uh, you know the interest in this team because it hasn't been that way. I, I was talking to somebody this week that told me uh, – actual no-shows for NBA games. Pelicans games is around 50%. So the wow. tickets are sold, but the people aren't going to the games. That number for a Saints game is about 95, 98% people showing up. So they've got to get that turned around. Well, what's interesting in the final minute, what's interesting, though, is that here, here you have the same ownership of an NBA team and an NFL team, and you've got a winner NFL program, and you don't have a winner NBA program. It's going to be interesting to see what people like Dean Lashow and you know, Miss Benson and others, as they start to put their head around uh, this problem, this challenge, how do we create a winning franchise? I guarantee you they'll figure it out because these, these guys – they know what they're doing, and they're going to do it. So uh, anyway, Jeff, we'll take that up next week and continue that part of the conversation because that is actually a fascinating part of this, that same ownership group, the great experiment is, uh, is playing out right here in New Orleans. It's going to be really interesting to see you know, where we go from here. This has been Jeff Duncan from The Athletic. We, we talk to him every Friday. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather, and we'll see you on Monday. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.